Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here in this house. And God, right now, would you open up our hearts? Because every time your word is preached, every time your word is spoken, it's a holy and it's a sacred thing. And even though there might be jokes and laughing, God, God, I pray we won't forget that this is a sacred thing. That the words that go forth from your vessels, God, that you use those words, you infuse life into them. And they become the very life, the very air that we breathe. And so today, would you open up our hearts to receive your word for us? I pray, God, that you would speak because we are listening. We love you. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Today I want to talk to you about the process. Come on, look to your neighbor and say the process. You know, we sang a song here today, and I've just been blasting the song for the two weeks that it's been out. You know, I'm, I'm a hype beast, so I love all the new songs. You know, literally that song Echo came out on Friday, and I was like, we got to sing that on Sunday. You know, that's just my personality. But the song Here Again, what got to me was the first verse of that song. And I don't know if you were paying attention when you're singing. I hope you are. You know, one day we're going to test you. We're just going to put false lyrics up there, like shout to, you know, Uber or something like that. And just see if you guys are really knowing what you're singing. But I don't know if you paid attention to that first verse, but it says, can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place that you promise to be. And listen, I don't know about you, but when I look at the Bible, I see a bunch of stories narratives that God crafts, and even our lives are narratives and stories that God is crafting. And if you know any good story, a story, a proper story, has a good beginning, has a really good middle, and a really good ending. And I think in the faith, a lot of times, it's easy to focus on that beginning part, right? God, in this moment, would you move? God, right here, right now, would you speak to me? God, would you give me your promise? God, would you start something right now? I think we're really good at that, and it's really easy. When I ran the marathon, the easiest part was the beginning, okay? Because my body was fresh. I was excited. I was like, let's go. I took some really good running drugs. I don't know what they're called. Justin just gave it to me. I trusted him, but my body was pumped. I was excited, ready to go. I think the beginning is really easy, but what happens is, the beginning soon becomes the past, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in the middle, in the present moment, and I don't know about you, but I think more often than not, we're in the middle, and the middle is that place where it's tough. The middle is that place where that excitement is worn off. The middle is that place where you have more questions than answers. The middle is the place where you feel the pain. The middle is the place where you're asking, God, why can't I hear your voice? The middle is that place where true faith is birthed. And I believe that our whole lives, God drops these narratives, these stories into our timeline. And I believe each of them he calls a process. And I believe that all of us, in one way or another, are in a process in our lives right now. You might be in the beginning, or you might be in the middle. You might be close towards the end, but today I want to preach to all three of you people. And so as I was praying about this message, I'm not going to lie, I went to bed last night without any notes, without any idea what I was going to preach. 
And I woke up this morning, I said, God, you have to give me something. And I said, God, my mind's really disorganized, so I just need you to give me three phrases that I could share so it sounds like a real sermon. And so God gave me these three phrases that I believe is going to speak to each of us depending where we're at on this race, where you're at in your story and in your narrative. The first thing I believe God is saying is this, and I want you to say this with me. I'm going to say first, leave the starting line. Wow, great participation, y'all. Leave the starting line. Come on, how many of you know that you can't run a race if you never leave the starting line? You know, I believe that some of you are in a place where God is calling you into the next story, into that next level, into that next thing. But the thing that's holding you back is that you're afraid to step over the starting line. And what does that starting line represent? That starting line is that place of familiarity. Come on, that starting line is that place of comfort. That starting line is the place that you've known this entire season, that you know the ins and outs, like the front and the back of your hand. That starting place is the place where there's no room for risk. There's no room for faith because it's comfortable. And I believe so many of us, God is calling us into a new narrative. How many of you know that God is doing a new thing? He's always doing a new thing in your life. But if you don't make space for that new thing, if you don't leave that old thing behind, you'll never have that space for the new thing that he is doing. You know, God brought me to Luke chapter 5, 36 through 38, and it's this parable that he told people about the new wine. And I want to read it to you. He says this. He told them this parable. If you don't know what a parable is, it's just God is telling a story, and it's only meant for a few to understand. But he says this, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. You know, today I wanted to wear my Adidas shirt, but I'm not going to lie. It was way shrunken. Come on, have you ever done that? You have your favorite piece of clothing, and you put it through the wash once, and you're excited to be all fresh, and you put it on. And it had shrunk, and all of a sudden, your, your TTs are showing if you're a man. Like, it's so tight. You know, this morning, I woke up wanting to wear my Adidas shirt, but it was too tight. It had shrunk. And what this passage is saying is when you take a new piece of cloth and you try to patch it to the old cloth that's already been shrunken, the new patch is going to tear. And he, he furthers on this illustration. He says, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wine skins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wine skins. I don't know much about wine, but I did research this passage. And I found out that when new wine is put into wine skin, the new wine needs time to ferment. It needs time. You know, wine gets better with age. And if you put it into an old wine skin, because it's new wine, it's going to expand it to a point of bursting. But when you put the new wine into new wineskin, that wineskin that hasn't been stretched yet, all of a sudden, as the wine is fermenting, the new wineskin expands with the new wine. And I feel like some of us, God is wanting to pour out new wine in our lives. He's wanting to do a new thing. But the problem is we're holding on to our old wineskins, the security, the comfort, the familiarity, when God is saying, I need a new wineskin. I need you to throw out that old one, and I need you to create space for me to do something new. Now, I don't know if you've experienced this in life, but 
I remember when I used to lead worship pretty frequently back in Emeryville, 2013, 2014. I remember there was just this science to it that I got down in my head. I knew that if I sang this one song, that the glory would fall. You know what I'm talking about? It's just that one song. I didn't even have to pray. I didn't even have to prepare. I just knew if I busted out my guitar and just started singing that one song, I knew the glory would fall. And I remember that worked for a good season. But I remember in my prayer closet, God was saying, Mickey, I'm actually calling you into a new season. I said, great, God. Let's do it. Let's go. That sounds fun. And I remember that following week after I remember hearing those words, I went up to lead worship and I led that song, you know, where usually the glory falls. And there wasn't no glory. <laughs> I remember singing it out and I was like, what's happening? It's like, I thought this was it. I thought this was the anointing that I carried, but all of a sudden it's not working. I remember the, the weeks following, every time I led worship, it felt like I was hitting a brick wall. I said, God, what happened? And I remember God bringing me to this passage. He's saying, you know what? You're still operating in the old wineskin. I need you to operate in new wineskin. And what that looked like in that season was, you know what, Mickey? I know you're an ENFP personality type. I know you're type 7 on the Enneagram. But the days of you not preparing for this season are over. And so I literally used to just print my court sheet, show up, not practice at all, and just go for it. But I remember God saying, not anymore in this season. We need you to put on a new wineskin. And so God said, you know what? You need to worship more in the secret place than you worship in the public space. And so I remember I would be at home just worshiping for hours and hours because God told me, this is the new wineskin I need you to create. And I remember when I did show up for worship, because I had done that, because I had left the old and embraced the new, all of a sudden God started moving powerfully again. And don't we see that in the narrative of the Bible too? If we look at the life of Abraham. God called Abraham not to just be a father of few, but to be the father of many nations. But it required something that he had to do. He had to leave the place of comfort. He had to leave the place he called home his entire life in order for God to move and to fulfill the promises that he gave towards him. Listen, can I suggest something? Some of you, God has given you promises. He's spoken things into your life. And the only reason you're not seeing it come to pass is because you haven't moved off of the starting line. You haven't moved from your place of comfort, from your place of familiarity. Sometimes it requires you to do something new, something risky. You know, when we went to Hillsong SF the first week, um, the uh, second week we were on break, and Pastor Brian Houston, he's actually called the global pastor. It's not even like the campus pastor or the United States. He, the global pastor was live streamed, and he was speaking on this, this sermon about risk. He's saying, oftentimes, we're afraid to take risks because we're afraid of the consequences. But he's saying no meaningful life, no meaningful life never takes risks. In order for your life to hold substance, you need to be able to step out and not know what the outcome is. Step out and risk. Too many of us, we've made our home in the old wineskin. We've made our home in the old season. But I believe God is calling some of you to step forward into the new season. And as I told you, Chris and I, we moved and um, not going to lie, it was a very emotional move. You know, our, our house in Petrao Hill, we have so many beautiful memories there. Before we had our uh, first public launch service, I remember we gathered the, the 39 of us that were sent from Emeryville. And some random people just randomly joined, like Isaac Hong. We never advertised. He just found us randomly, just walked through the doors, <laughs> said, I'm staying. And I don't know, just, just showed up. And, and I remember the 39 of us. Before a public launch, before, you know, our public celebration 
of launching as a church. I remember we gathered in our tiny house, and I remember we just worshiped. And I remember that weekend, actually, was when I lost my dog for the first time. And so I hadn't prepared a sermon, and I was freaking out. I was emotionally distressed. We found him that Saturday night, and then we had Sunday service the next morning, and we had, we had nothing prepared, but we just showed up, and we asked God to show up too. And I remember in that house, I just remember singing fullness, you know, fullness by Elevation Worship. That was our, our jam at the time. Every time we sang it, it's like, whoo, like God would just move. I remember in that tiny cramped house, you know, before we launched, before we went public, I remember us just worshiping and just going after it, like really believing the words of this song, God, pour it out, let your love just pour out upon us. I also remember, you know, building memories with our community group, Patrol Trill Gang, you in the house. We have three iterations of the group, and we're at its most evolved form right now. I just remember all the times that God moved in our community group gatherings. And I remember Krista and I making our, our first home after we got married. I remember us getting our first dog, losing our dog twice. And the second time, our dog finding home by himself in the middle of the night after we searched for hours. Just so many memories. And so when we had to move out, it was really, really painful. And I remember, you know, a week, a week before we had to give up the lease and give the keys back, you know, we moved everything to our new place. And the place was just completely empty. And so because I'm a, a, an amazing husband, I thought, you know what would be cool? And Krista's birthday is coming up on Friday, and our house is, our old house is empty. What I'm going to do is I'm going to set up a tent there, and I'm going to buy a projector and, you know, put a fire on the wall. And, you know, I want to go camping in our old house as we go through old video clips and pictures of the memories that we shared there. I know, amazing. I'm going to cook a steak, a filet mignon. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be a real good husband. And I remember on her birthday, I took her into that house. And I remember the feeling that I felt was so bittersweet. Because on one end, I was sad that this was no longer our home. But on the other hand, I realized this doesn't feel like home anymore. We moved everything out. Everything that made our home a home, we moved it out into the new space. And our new space felt like home now. And you know what? I believe that some of us, we have all of our stuff still in that old place. We've made our dwelling in that old place. We've made ourselves comfortable. Our bed's there. Our couch is there. Our TV is there. Our kitchen is there. And we wonder why we can't move on to the next thing. And part of what that means is we have to uproot where we make our dwelling and move it into that new wineskin, into that next season. And so for some of you, I believe that God is wanting to write a new narrative in your life, but it requires you to leave the starting line. The second thing I believe God is speaking is this. Look to your neighbor and say, embrace the mystery. Man, y'all ain't really animated. The mystery. You know what I'm saying? Embrace the mystery. How many of you know that the middle is always filled with mystery? Come on. Let's be real. It's easy to start something. And in the beginning, you can see everything so clearly. But as soon as you step out and you're in that middle place, all of a sudden you have more questions than answers. You ask God, God, why did you bring me here? Like the Israelites in the deserts, God, why did you bring me here? Did you bring me here to die? 
Because I'm looking around, and I don't see the things that you promised me. I'm looking around, and I can't see you moving at all. I'm looking around, and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel comfortable. It feels painful. I'm not sure what you're doing here. And oftentimes in the middle, after we've stepped out from that starting place, it's filled with mystery. But church, hear me on this. In the mystery, in the mystery, we receive one of God's greatest gifts to us. And I want you to hear this. Mystery is the soil where true faith grows. Mystery is the soil where true faith grows. Because if you see everything before you, it requires no faith. If you know all the answers, it requires no trust in God. If you know what's coming next, it requires no faith. But in the mystery When you have questions, in the mystery, when you don't see God moving, in the mystery, when you can't hear his voice, in the mystery, when your pain outweighs your praises, in that place is where true faith can grow. It's in the middle where true faith is produced. Married folks in the house, you know this is true. Marriages aren't birthed when you say, I do. Marriages are birthed in the middle. Come on. Anyone can say, I do. It's fun. Well, wedding planning isn't that fun, but the wedding itself is so fun. It's so easy. You're getting gifts. You're going on your honeymoon. It's easy. But what happens a year from then, two years from then, five years from then, all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle, and you don't feel the excitement. You don't feel the same fire. You're not sure. You you think, oh, my God, this person tricked me. She tricked me. She wasn't like this before. We Like, why? And all of a sudden you have more questions than answers. But how many of you know that marriages are produced in the middle? That's where you see the substance of the thing. You know, when I was running the marathon, the beginning was really easy. And the end was really easy because when you see that finish line, you know, you're on mile 24. Oh, my God, that is demonic, 24 miles. Okay, when you're on mile 24 and you see the deadline, you see the end, it's easy because you you see where you're going and you get excited. But you know what the hardest part was for me? Mile 13. Because mile 13, if you do your math, is half of 26. It's right there in the middle. And I remember I had trained for 20 miles. Actually, no, sorry, 18 miles. And I remember at mile 13, because I had not accounted hills in my training, I gassed out. And I remember right there in the middle, I could not see the finish line. All I saw were trees around me. I was in Golden Gate Park somewhere. And I remember right there in the middle, that's where I had to make a decision. Am I going to see this through to the end? Even though I can't see the finish line, even though I have zero strength left. See, the middle is where true faith is produced. You know, we were talking to someone during our break, and this pastor, this mentor, who's just been pouring so much into our lives, and he was saying, Mickey, there's a difference between his will and his way. And a lot of times, most of us, we we can discern his will. We can discern where he's calling us to. We can discern what he wants us to do, where he wants us to end up. But he's saying, you know what? Discerning his way is a whole other story. Because even if you know the destination, even if you know the goal, even if you know the end mark, there's still this middle ground where his ways are revealed. Where you thought it was going to look like this, but it looked like that. Come on. How many of you thought God was going to move a certain way, but he moved a completely different way? See, in the middle is where you experience his way. You know, we learned this in premarital and Pastor Benjamin, he, he taught us something. He said, you know, there's two types of pain and two types of pleasure. There's evil pleasure. There's evil pain. 
there's good pain and there's good pleasure. Okay, it's a spectrum. So evil pleasure is just, you know, it feels good for me to hurt Keone, so I'm going to hurt him. Okay? Evil pain is that I'm going to experience pain on someone's behalf. I'm going to experience pain on my body even though there's no good outcome. Good pain is that I'm going to endure something hard so that I could get to good pleasure. How many of you know that there is good pain that we are called to experience in our lives? And in the middle, God is calling us to not only embrace the mystery, he's calling us to embrace the pain. You know, during this break, I rediscovered one of my greatest passions in life, which is skateboarding. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that my body is 100% as I stand up here right now. Gene knows my body is completely broken. I go to these skate parks, and there's these 10-year-olds doing these flips and falling and getting back up. And when I fall once, it takes me like five minutes just to get back on my feet. You know, the, skating past 30 is a dangerous sport, okay? But, but you know what? Even though it's painful, it's so fun. <laughs> and even yesterday, I went with Christopher, my best man, and he ended up, okay, so basically there's this bank, and he's trying to, like, get up onto it. But he went a little too fast and a little too far, and he did a perfect split. And so his back foot got caught on the edge of the rim or the, the, the thing. And then his other foot was on the skateboard. And so the momentum pushed it all the way. And he did a perfect split. I was so impressed. I'd never seen his body move that way. As a result, he, he ripped his pants right down the middle, right there in the middle of the skate park. And I remember looking around, and I was so glad that no one was there. Not for Chris, but for me. I would be so embarrassed to be seen around with him. And, you know, when we were going home, being driven by our wives, they picked us up. I was asking, like, why do we endure this? Like, Chris almost, like, he, he must have torn his groin or something. Like, like, why do we endure this? And I remember, I remember thinking, you know, every night before I go to sleep, I go on Instagram. And I look at skate videos. And I think, wow, it would be amazing if I could do that one day. You see, sometimes... Good pain leads to good pleasure. And some of you know this. Some of you, you go through something that's painful and hard because you know there's something good on the other side. For those of you that love exercising, I don't believe y'all. You don't love exercising. You exercise because you know there's something good on the other side. Sometimes we have to go through good pain to experience good pleasure. And in that place in the middle is where we experience true pain. Come on. In that place, not knowing, God, what are you doing? Why are you leaving me here high and dry? God, why aren't you moving in the way that I thought you would? That's that place where we experience the most pain. You know, one of the songs that I've been singing this season is called New Wine by Hillsong. And Krista knows every time we sing it, like, we just completely break down. And I'm going to repeat the, the lyrics of the, words, uh, of the first verse to you and hope I don't break down. But it goes something like, in the crushing. In the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil I nice, now surrender, you are breaking new ground. And some of us, were in that season where we're feeling the crushing and the pressing at every side. And it feels so painful. And we are almost agonizing, God, why are you doing this to me? Or God, why are you allowing me to experience this? But I believe God is saying in the middle as you're experiencing that pain, that crushing, that pressing, that's where I'm making new wine. 
That's where I'm bringing about that new thing. That's where I'm leading you towards that new thing that I'm doing in your life. See, the presence of pain doesn't mean that there's an absence of peace. It's perfectly possible for peace and pain to coexist. I think about Jesus. I think about when he went to the cross. And even though Jesus on the cross, even when he was being afflicted, experienced the most excruciating pain, I have no doubt in my mind that inside he felt perfect peace because he knew he was in the will of the Father. You see, some of us are going through the pain and the mystery in the middle. And I want you to know that it's producing something good on the other side. God is producing new wine. You're being crushed and pressed on all sides, but God is producing a new thing, a beautiful thing in the midst of it. See, sometimes Jesus brings us into the storm to teach us how to have true peace and true rest. You notice that? God doesn't take us to a hotel. He doesn't take us to a nice comfy bed with a nice fluffy pillow. God takes us into the storm to teach us what true rest means. You think about that time when Jesus was with his disciples and they're on that boat and the storm is raging and everyone thought they were going to die and Jesus is straight up KO'd on the bed downstairs. Why? He's teaching. You can have peace in the midst of your pain. You can have peace in the midst of your mystery. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Krista and I, when we went on our break, it was probably the lowest place that either of us had ever been. We were right there in the middle, right there in the mystery, but we had no peace. And I remember we went into that break, and we had more questions than we had answers. We had turmoil, inner storms in our hearts. I remember thinking, I remember we'd have conversations, we'd joke, but like, God, take me right now. I would be okay if you took me right now. It's just too painful right now. And some of the personal things that we were dealing with, it was just so painful, and we didn't see anything good on the other side. But you know what God did during our break? Is week after week, he kept reminding us, I'm here. I'm in the process. I'm not absent from you. I'm right here in the storm. I'm right here in the pain. I'm right here in the mystery. And even if you can't see what's next, I want you to know that you could see me, that I'm right here next to you. And I remember as we're going through this break, week after week, all of a sudden, God started replacing our worry, our anxiety with peace. And he kept reminding us, you know what? I brought you this far. Watch me take you all the way. But I'm not going to lie to you and say that even though we started feeling peace, that the pain wasn't there. And it's so weird because I feel so torn up. And I'm not going to lie to you. We don't have it all together yet. There's still stuff we're figuring out. And even right now as I stand before you, I feel great peace, but I also feel great pain. And I want you to know that peace and pain can coexist. That you can have perfect peace that you're in the will of God, but still feel pain in the midst of it. And I feel like some of you are in a place right now where you're feeling nothing but pain, nothing but confusion, nothing but mystery. And I want you to know something. There's peace for you. There's peace for you in our Savior. There's peace for you in our God. I believe the thing that God wants to tell us in the middle is this. Embrace not knowing. Embrace the mystery and embrace the pain. Because the pain is going to produce something for you. Something brand new. 
something beautiful and something powerful. The last thing I want to say is this. Number one, leave the starting line. By the way, God, thank you for giving me these phrases. I wouldn't know what I would have preached. Leave the starting line. Embrace the mystery. And last one, sprint towards the finish. Listen, I feel like some of you, you've been in the middle. Like, you, you hear everything I'm saying, and you're like, Pastor Mickey, like, I've been there since I was born, okay? I've been in that middle. I've been confused all my life. I don't know what's going on. I just feel pain every day. I don't know what's next. And I feel like some of you are at that place where you're right there at the finish line. And I believe God is just saying this one thing, just persevere, endure, hold on a little longer. You know, too many of us quit right before we finish. You know, one of my favorite movies, because I'm twisted, is The Mist by Stephen King. And in The Mist, it's this story where another a doorway to another dimension opens up and all these monsters come through and people are dying. And the main characters, you know, they finally make it to the end of the movie. But they realize that no help is coming for them. And so what they do is they say, you know what? It's over. There's no hope for us. And so let's just take our own lives so the monsters don't take ours. And so I'm going to just paint it out for you. There's like a kid in there. There's, you know, old married couple, and then this guy and this girl who have feelings towards each other, but throughout the movie, it's pretty ambiguous. Anyway, they're there at the end, and they have this gun, and there's only enough to kill four people, even though five people are in the car. And so the, the man, he kills every single person. He kills the old married couple. He kills the kid. He kills the woman. And then right there at the end, he has no bullets left. He's just left by himself. All of a sudden, he hears the ground shaking. And he looks into his rear view, and finally the help had arrived. And the army came, and it rolled past him, and the movie ends with him in anguish. I'm sorry I painted this picture for you, but I believe some of us are at that place where we see no hope, we see no future, we see no room for improvement, we see nowhere that God can actually bring us out of this well. And we're about to just end it. Maybe it's not the ending of your life, maybe it's the ending of your hope or the ending of your faith. But we're at that place where we want to throw in the towel. But I feel like right across the distance, God is coming. You're right there, right there towards the finish line, right there towards the end. And I believe the thing that God is saying is just hold on a little bit longer. You know, one of our close friends actually just had a baby like a few hours ago. And I remember, you know, Krista, she was crying earlier, but I was in the back while I was preparing for my sermon. And I was just looking at the Instagram story of the newborn baby, and I just started crying. It was so beautiful. And um, they just had this newborn baby. And one thing that I had heard, and you guys heard me share this before, for, for, for pregnant people, the hardest part of the pregnancy is actually right before the baby's about to come out. And that's, moms, moms say, I knew that I could do this every step of the way until that very moment right before the baby came out. And it's like right there. Before the promise is fulfilled, right there before the finish, right there before the victory, right there before the breakthrough is where the enemy will tell you it's not going to happen. Throw in the towel. Stop having faith. Stop having hope. Give up. But I believe that's the place where God wants us to go to war. Come on. I remember when I was running the marathon, mile 24, my legs were completely dead. I had been pacing with this old grandpa who was 80 years old the entire time, just just feeling so down about myself. I'm like this 30-year-old man in my prime, and I can't even keep up with this 80-year-old dude. 
But I remember something happened at mile 24 because you could start seeing and inching towards the end. And I remember all of a sudden, because the end began to come in sight, all of a sudden I thought, you know what? I could give up right now or I could just go beast mode. And so, you know, part of the time, you know, I was kind of like hybrid walking, jogging because my legs were dead. But I remember in those last two miles, I said, you know what? The end is right there. I'm going to just sprint towards the finish. And so I couldn't even extend my legs straight. And so they were like stilts. But I remember thinking, no, the end is right there. Only two more miles. And all of a sudden, my form started to change. And I started to sprint towards the end. Now, keep in mind, my sprint was extremely slow. But it was my very best. You see, right at the end, when you feel like giving up is when you have to go to war. I believe that's the time God wants us to war. It's not even at the beginning. It's not even in the middle. It's towards the end, right before the finish. I believe some of you, you've been in the middle. You've been in the process for so long. And you ask God, God, where's the other side? I believe God is just saying, hold on a little longer. Go to war and sprint towards the finish. You know, we're all in a process. God's doing different things in our lives. But I want you to know that Wherever you're at, whether you're at the starting line, afraid to step forward, whether you're in the middle, completely lost and confused and in pain, or whether you're at the end, wanting to give up, I believe God is saying, I'm here in the midst of this process. In the middle is where I promise to be. Now, right now, I want to create a space for us to just respond to this message. So why don't we close our eyes right now? I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what you're experiencing, what you're feeling. But I feel like God is saying, where you're at right now is a good place. I've brought you here. You didn't stumble into this place. You didn't accidentally trip into the place that you're at. I brought you to this place. And even if the way that you got here, it was ugly, marred with brokenness and pain, I have still been ordering your steps. I have still been bringing you to this place. And as painful and as confusing as it might be, I want you to know that this is exactly where I have brought you to. And this is the place where I promise you I'm going to be. Here in the middle. Here in the mystery. Here in the pain. Here in the confusion. Here in the suffering, here in the sorrow, here in the pressing, in the crushing, here where you can't feel my presence, here where nothing you try is working, here where it feels like there's no hope, here where you can't hear my voice. I promise you, I'm right here with you in the middle. Right now, I believe God wants to speak to you. The true living God wants to speak to you this morning. Right now, would you just take a moment and open up your hearts and allow the living God to speak into you right now. Man, I just feel like this I feel like there's some of you that have so many questions about where you're at right now. And you, you have so many questions for God. 
But I feel like God's saying all those questions would be put to rest if you would be able to answer this one question, do you trust me? I believe that some of you, God is asking you to lay down your questions. I believe God is asking you to answer this one question, do you trust me? Do you trust that I have you in a process? Do you trust that you're in the middle of a process and I know what I'm doing? That I have never in the history of existence, I have never failed to complete anything that I have started? Do you trust me that I have ordered the beginning all the way to the end and every step in between? Do you trust that I have your life in my hand? Do you trust that I love you? I believe some of you, God is asking you to lay down your questions. And I believe God is asking you, do you trust me? Come on, I just feel like there's some of you here too. The illustration about the wineskin is just moving your heart. You know that the place that you're at is not the place where the grace of God is at right now. You, you know that there is a new place, a new wineskin that God has prepared you for. For some of you, it's a physical setting. For some of you, it's a relational thing. For some of you, it's a perspective. But God is asking you to leave behind the old, to step into the new, to leave the starting line. Last, I just feel like God is saying, I'm here as your strength. Just hold on a little bit longer. You're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there. I just want to release this one more thing before we close. I feel like there's some creatives in the house, some creatives where you've been feeling the tug of God to make that next step. And I don't know what that next step is, but you've been so afraid to take it because there's so much risk. It's not where the money's at. It's not where security and stability's at. But I hear God saying, will you take a step forward and step into the middle? I just feel like there's a grace for creatives this morning to be activated, to leave the comfortable place to pursue the new place. Uh, I feel like God is saying, my promise to you is this. I will be with you every step of the way, and I will get you to the finish. Sorry, one more thing. I just feel like relationships, there's some of you in relationships or in friendships and you feel the exact same thing I was talking about. You can't see a future. You don't know what's next. You feel like you're in that middle, that place with many questions, that place full of pain. I feel like God is going to speak to you right now and give you clarity over your relationship, clarity over your situation. Come on, would you just receive it right now? Hey, God, we just thank you for, for taking us through the process. Because we know that whatever the promise is, the end of the process produces one thing, and it's that we look more and more like you. And so I thank you that you are willing to take us through the process. God, wherever we're at in that process, I pray that you would release a grace this morning for us to endure and to trust in you 
to take us to the finish line. God, continue to speak to our hearts. We just say we love you and we honor you. And we give you all of the glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.